Hey, what is up? Welcome to Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina, and I'm here with professional wrestler Kay Toomer. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, what's going on, bro? Everything good, man? Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Blank. Thanks for joining me here today. I'm super excited to talk to you. Mm, appreciate that. So, uh, so what you got going on? Uh, what, what you got going on these days in uh, in the world of professional wrestling? Man, pretty much just picking up more bookings. Um, I work for uh, right now. I primarily work for Memphis Wrestling out of Memphis, Tennessee. That's uh, awesome of that. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, and, and right now that's the main goal. Um, doing whatever we need to do to not only keep that growing and building because it's become one of the biggest platforms for uh, for the United Wrestling Network. Um, doing doing what I need to do there, but also kind of taking my own personal journey and like trying to get as many more bookings as I can, spread out as much as I can to get the to get the name out before before something happens or before it's too late. You know, yeah. go, I'll, I'll never want to be one of those ones going back being bitter about not making it. So I, I want to make sure I'm doing everything that I can do to, like I said, just spread and expand while I'm while I'm in the process of still building everything. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I, I, I know the feeling, too, because I do stand-up comedy, and I'm trying to, like, get myself out there and get more bookings and get in more places and, and just uh, just be in front of more people and make more people laugh. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that's the goal. Uh, so you're working primarily for Memphis Wrestling. Man, that's yep. super cool. Memphis has, like, one of the most oldest, prestigious uh, territories of all the... Because, you know, a lot of the old territories aren't really around anymore. Uh, but yep. Memphis, Memphis is kind of one of the oldest prestigious places. You want to talk about that for a minute, what Memphis wrestling means to you? Yeah, man. Uh, so Memphis wrestling, bro, is, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it was one of those places that I wasn't even trying to get booked on. Um, long story short, the, the owner and promoter and the booker, he showed up to a spot where I was working at the time. And um, I was under the impression that it was going to be like a, a mutual relationship type deal to where they were going to be sending people that they were training that they wanted for their TV spot to get reps on our show because we, we were running like literally every week. Um, so just in the fair interest of, of doing good business, I just showed up to kind of show love like they showed up to show love for us. And um, it, it just kind of snowballed from there, man. And they brought me in, gave me a match. And then from there, it was it was a year and a half with just a, a strong build, man, to where um, I'm practically steamrolling everybody. Like, once I got them to take <laughs> what I was doing, once I got them to take what I was doing with the Fat Jitsu thing serious, because a couple of them thought it was like a, a comedy gimmick, once I got in the ring and got them moving around and they, get, and they saw what was going on, they just let me build how I needed to build. And we, we've done a lot of good stuff with it, man, not just for myself, but other members of the locker room, other members of the roster. We've been doing doing a really good job of, of building consistent stories and storylines to where it's getting everybody over and not just focusing just solely on one person. So being in Memphis is dope, man. Hell yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And I, I like the uh, the team building. You know, you guys yeah. are out there for yourselves. You're out there you're out there for the team. Yep. Hell yeah. I saw a thing where uh you were in the ring with Rhino recently. How was that? Yeah, man, Rhino, that was definitely a learning experience, man. Um, it was dope. A lot of hard hits. Um, but it, it was one of the ones where he was like, man, hit me hard, I'm going to hit you back harder. So yeah. we were literally, like, trying to one-up each other. Um, Rhino was dope. Um, I got to, I got to square with uh, with Mads Kruger, where he goes by Kruger now. I got to square with him. That was real dope. Wow. I got to square with uh, with Big Con from The Ascension, who's now in, over at Impact. Um it being in a ring with people like that, it puts all of this in a different perspective. 
And it's one of those things we're trying to explain it. It might resonate, but it's really not understood unless you like be able to have those conversations with people after y'all just done beat the hell out of each other. But uh, <laughs> but it is definitely a learning learning experience, man. And it it puts it puts it puts everything for the business for me in a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. You're in there. You're in there against the the heavy hitters, against yep. the, the hosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you mentioned uh, fat jitsu. You're the master of fat jitsu. Uh, what's <laughs> what's that all about? Man, uh, basically, I came on my whole life doing MMA, kickboxing, judo. Jiu-Jitsu, um, a little Muay Thai, but these days, these days when you say MMA, it's a, it's a crockpot, a mixture of all of it. Yeah. Um, but I came up doing, I came up doing MMA because I, I was playing football, and that's how I was staying shape for, for the off season and everything when we weren't training and weren't lifting weights and everything. So I've done this since I was like twelve to maybe twenty one, twenty two, and it was something where when I started wrestling training. I had the background and I was like, all right, this is the this is the particular style that I wanted to work. I just had to figure out a way to translate it. And uh, one day I cracked the joke. was like, yeah, I did something stupid. And I was like, yeah, that's that fat jitsu right there. And it just stuck. <laughs> the way it rolled off just stuck. And I was like, hey, I can do something with that. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, it, when people first hear it, they're like, man, what the hell going on? And then they see it and they're like, oh, I understand it now. I can see how you like say people maybe think it's a comedy thing at first because it's catchy, it's fun, right? But yep. then when you get in there, you just like you just tear a motherfucker down. Yep. Hell yeah, that's cool. That's man. All behind it. Hell yeah. So uh, you were into uh, martial, mixed martial arts before you were into professional wrestling. How did you yep. uh, get into that? Um, like I said, man, it, it was a different way of working out. Don't get me wrong. I like lifting weights and all of this stuff, man. But I, I'm fat by nature, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't same. Care what, yeah, I don't care what nobody say. Genetics do play a big part in, in how people are shaped and how people are built. I'm an endomorph. Um, I hate running. <laughs> I hate running. So I would I would find ways to not trick myself, but I'll find other ways to do cardio, whether it's playing basketball, forcing myself to have to run. Of course, being on the football field. Um, doing training drills, but anybody who's done not just not just kickboxing, but anybody who's done like groundwork such as jujitsu, it's a totally different workout. Um, it gasses you out a whole lot faster. Um, it, it's just different from just lifting weights and just just strictly running. It was something that I just took to because one, not only was I getting getting the workouts in, but it's also like a discipline, man, to commit to humble yourself to stay humiliated because you're constantly learning and training against people who have been doing this at a rate way further, way higher than, than I can even imagine a dream of, man. So it's a, it, it slowly became a discipline thing for me, opposed to just being a, a solely physical thing. One to keep me out the streets, but two, just to keep myself in line, man. Cause um, where I'm from, it ain't where I'm from is real easy to get mixed up in and a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, no, that's that's smart. And then uh, it's a good way for you, like you said, to get the cardio, but you also you learn a new thing and then you also get to get the discipline. So, like, yep. you know, you get a you get to just walk down the streets all confident mm-hmm. and safe. <laughs> just yep. uh, so it's, it's always dope to pull out something from pull out something from that in the ring, too, because, man, we all train and we all do our thing. We all have our styles in the ring. But it's always the one dude that tries to take himself too serious. And it's like, all right, man, I got I got to show you something. 
And then you get in the ring and you flip something on them and, and the look on their face every time is 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 undescribable. But it's always funny. Yeah, yeah. And especially like when a when a big man kind of has some agil- uh, agility to him, uh, it's mm-hmm. super impressive. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that's cool. Uh, how did you get into, into pro re- professional wrestling like as a fan? Like were you into it as a childhood or did you kind of get into it when you were older uh, doing the MMA training? Oh, uh, yeah, man. Um, so when I was a kid, I was pretty much raised, I want to say the first 11 to 12 years of my life by my grandma and grandpa. And uh, my grandpa, he he was an old mean bastard, man. He <laughs> he hated us. But um, he was an old war vet, and um, he had a buddy over in Japan. That he, he They were like pen pals. He had an old war buddy over in Japan. They would just write each other, and dude would send back tapes. And he would send back all these classic wrestling tapes. So that's how I got put on to like the um type pass, uh the four pillars. Um ooh, this is early nineties, uh the Super Juniors tournament, all of that. Oh yeah. Um, what stuck with me, and this is gonna say I know it's gonna sound stupid, but as a kid I couldn't I couldn't decipher the difference between the two. Um we was watching Juice and Thunder Liger a lot. And then especially when he came over in the WCW. And then, of course, at that time, they was introducing other people like Ray Mysterio, Psychosis, Juventus Guerrero, all these characters with the mask. But it was also a cartoon on a – well, not necessarily a cartoon, but remember when Power Rangers blew up real big? Oh, and yeah. It was like a Power <laughs> Ranger clone. You had uh, – one, you had Ultraman, and then you had the Superhero Samurai Squad. So as a kid, I used to get them mixed up with Juice and Thunder Liger. So because I thought Liger was part of part of the Power Ranger squad, I was watching wrestling, and that's what got me in. Wow, Liger kind of does look like he'd be a Power Ranger, though. Oh man, on yeah. top, he'd be the coolest like, damn one too. <laughs> true, and then like I said, they they watching Liger introduced me into a lot of other people that even at a young age I don't believe other people would have really took to or understood. Like, we were, like, five. Well, I ain't going to say five. We were, like, maybe six or seven, like, really studying the great movie. Like, so I feel like because we, because me and some of my people were exposed to that type of wrestling at an early age, before we got into the to the Monday Night Wars and the, and the Attitude Era and all of that stuff, I feel like that kind of kind of laid a different foundation that has, that has wrestling in a different perspective for some of us. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of kids your age and that era too uh, would have been more into like the cartoonish, like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and, and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, Liger, Liger was super dope. So that's that's awesome. Yep. And is that- just, like I said, you had you had Masawa Kobashi, man. So so many. Um, I was first introduced. <laughs> it's crazy saying this. I was first introduced to the original run of. Uh, of Dr. Death Steve, uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams, um, Stan Hansen, like Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader. I was introduced Vader, to them yeah. when they were in Japan, not stateside. But then when I saw them stateside, I was like, oh, I'm familiar with them. And that's what made me watch them. Wow, um, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Bam, Bam, Bam Bam, when he jumped into ECW, that was a big part of what made me really take the ECW the way that it was. But I preferred ECW over WWF or WWE and WCW at the time. So Yeah, absolutely. And he definitely, you know, along with people like maybe Terry Funk, but he definitely brought credibility uh, to ECW in the early days, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. The guys that you just listed, uh, Stan Hansen and, and Kibasha and all these guys, like those are the hosses. Those are the big guys. 
And I yep. love that that's who you gravitate to, you know? Yep, but they can go, man. Yeah, they can go, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like the but like the like outside of them, I want to say the main person, I don't want to say he's pretty much moderate or pattern my style, but I, I was a I was a big Kento fan. Um I a lot of my base comes from what I watched Kenta do. And then, of course, like I said, from learning kickboxing and everything. But like, uh, even all right, even my outfit. A lot of people think that I'm copying Joe's shorts, some more Joe's shorts. But uh, it's really like that was a style that Kenta had for his shorts uh, when he was over in Japan when I was getting introduced to him. So it's really wow. kind of paying homage to him. It's just that style of shorts that I wear. With me being fat, that's the only thing that looked right on me. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, and it's also inspired by him. That's super cool too. Yeah. So uh, at what point was it uh, when you're like, this is what I want to do? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. It it was something that I jumped into. And like, it's one of those things to where I have a weird way of foreshadowing stuff. And in the area where I was training, I was watching how everybody else was working and how everybody else was moving and the type of characters they were portraying in the ring. In the area that I was in at the time, I knew that nothing like what I was going to try to do has been done. Um, the only, how can I put this? The only reference that anybody had, may have had was like 2005 Joe when he first came in the TNA. So it, it was a lot to try to kill those comparisons from people in, in my area. But uh, but once it really took and people started to understand like that I'm molding my own character and taking everything that I've learned from those different influences and basically trying to build my own on top of that, it, it just kind of took. That's that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, you're, you said your grandfather's the one that got you into it. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Where did so wait? Actually, I I want to go back. Where did he get those tapes from? Do you even know? Yeah, man. Um. So my grandpa, he my grandpa, he was an old war vet, and uh, he had but he had pen pal buddies that he would write and send. Oh, send okay, letters. okay. So you just he had pen pal buddies. They would send it to him. Yep, and, and wow. he had, he had one buddy that ended up like just living the rest of his life in Japan, and he was just mailing stuff over. It wow. took forever to get it, but he was mailing mailing those tapes over to us. That's cool. Uh, was he able to see you? Uh, to see you become a wrestler and, and start training and stuff? Oh no, nah, he died when I was about maybe nine or ten. Okay. Yeah he he died he died way back when. Um, but like I said, it, it was something to where he don't get me wrong. Like I said, he was an old mean bastard, but he he had us <laughs> on those tapes. Um, it was that <laughs> that uh, Walker Texas Ranger. Uh, Mash and uh, um, the A team. <laughs> nice. My grandma was big into Walker Texas Ranger. Yep. Too. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so uh, how did you how did you pursue it? How did you decide to find a school and and where did you start going? Man, so um, I in all honesty, I I had a situation where um, everybody got their sob stories, and this definitely isn't one. But it's just the truth of what happened. I had a situation that kind of left me homeless. And um, I had to bounce back from it. So I had spent like two years really grinding, working, killing myself, working two, three, four jobs at a time to to really bounce back from that. And then once I got to a point where I was stable, I was like, man, I'm going to finally take some time to go and do something that I really want to do before it gets too late. Um, 
I was having a Facebook argument with somebody on Facebook about something stupid. And um, we were cracking jokes. We were cracking jokes because it was all lighthearted. I think we was arguing about Dragon Ball or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and yes. I clicked on the dude's page. I'm like, man, who the hell this dude think he is? Clicked on his page, and he was standing in the ring holding the title belt. So I messaged him. I'm like, hey, man, you wrestle? Where Where you wrestle at? We from the same area. He told me where to go, invited me to a show. I showed up to the show early, like he like he suggested, because he was like, man, if you want to get in, just come up there early, help us set up, and I introduce you to some people. So I got there, and don't get me wrong, when I say show, it was a show, but man, they may, maybe had like six people in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those but, shows. <laughs> yep. But the fact that I was able to get in, get out there, kind of help them set up, um, they introduced me to some people who, who ended up training me. And uh, to this day, man, we're all still cool. We're all still tight. Everybody, um, not everybody's still working and doing shows and doing what they need to do in the ring. But for the majority majority of it, if it wasn't for jumping into wrestling, I wouldn't have made some of the friends that I some of the people I wouldn't have made, met the people that I consider friends today. So, yeah, absolutely. That's that's cool, man. That's you know, you start to build your community that way. And and uh, you make lifelong friends. The same thing with me with, with comedians. There's comedians that it's like uh, I you know before I got into comedy, I never knew that most of my friends would be comedians. Most of the people I hang out with just go do stuff with. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's like yep. these people are really funny. You know, like I'm friends with them. The same thing with you, I'm sure. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. And like um, man, and wrestling has opened so many different doors. Um. Like I, I understand that I'm I understand that I'm currently unknown. Um and certain people are, are just now either getting exposed to me. It's a lot more work that needs to be done and a lot more growth that needs to be done. But jumping into wrestling man has opened so many doors. Like all throughout season three of the Rocks TV show, Young Rock, I was there. I was on it. Um being introduced to producers who need stunt choreographers or, or stunt actors. Oh, wow. Um being being able to do music and theme songs for TV shows, other wrestlers and stuff like that. All of that came from somebody seeing what I do in wrestling and liking it. Um, being able to meet and hang out with people like um, Chavo Guerrero, Marty Elias, um, Rhino, um, Tommy Dreamer, kicking it with him and having not just the whole, hey, Tommy, how you doing? Let me take a picture. I mean, really hanging out. Get, Asking questions, learning, and learning everything that I need to learn about the business. Um, being able to, to be around those types of people, people who I grew watching up, watching growing up, it it all came from what I'm doing in wrestling. Hell yeah, yeah. No, that's super. That's that's really awesome. I really I really like that. What year did you uh, What year did you start wrestling? Like how long have you been wrestling? Man, I started training in 2018. I got in fairly late. I started training in 2018. I debuted, I want to say June 4th or June 6th of 2019. Okay. Um, worked literally three days a week all throughout 2019 going into 2020. COVID hit. We was down yeah. for like maybe COVID hit. Everything shut down. They shut down all the jobs, shut down every show in my area. When we got, uh, <laughs> when we got approved for the unemployment money, I was like, hey, I'm going to figure something out. But they were still running shows in Georgia. They were taping them, and there were no crowds, but they were still still running shows. So I would leave Arkansas. Uh, me and a group of buddies, we would hop in the car, go from Arkansas to Georgia every week just to work shows and come back. 
because we wasn't working and had had a shitload of money to spend because we was getting the unemployment money. So we did that. Came back uh, once they started opening up and letting us run shows in the area again. We just kind of built a foundation in the area again, and then I get, ended up getting introduced to Memphis. Started working out there. So what's going on in Memphis is one thing. I'm also helping uh, myself and some of my buddies. We're building things in my area, trying to keep things on the up and up here. So, I mean, everything's been cool. Hell yeah. That's cool. So uh, you started with Memphis uh, after the pandemic. When when around did you start with them? Uh, I want to say 21. Okay, okay, nice. Just enough to kind of start building your name a little bit, get some big matches yeah. going. Yep. Hell yeah. It took it took a while. It took a while to get momentum going because we had to figure out we had to figure out a role for me and a spot for me. And then whenever you're working with whenever you're working with companies, at least from my perspective, when you're working with a company that has a, a television format like they're doing, they already have things in place that they've been working on way ahead of time. Oh yeah. And me and me just popping up, it had to be a slow a slow burn to get started because. Me just popping up the way that I did. They wanted to use me, but they couldn't just slide me in any position on top of the plans that they already had moving. So we had to wait for those storylines and those angles to play out. Then I made my debut and then figure out a spot for me on the roster. That's cool. And then also you're getting like TV experience. So you're learning all that stuff uh, with this with Memphis too right now. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Not, not just the experience, man, but like learning from people that are coming in and, and dealing with us. Like, uh, okay. like they, we just brought in Gabe Sapolsky. Um, he came in and did a seminar with us and taught oh, us. Cool. I don't want to say taught us everything, but he put the way he broke everything down for us about the business. Like I said earlier about being in the ring with Rhino and some of those guys, it puts everything into a different perspective. But being able to learn from somebody like that, who has been detrimental in so many other people excelling on the bigger platforms in wrestling. Like, perfect example, look at Austin Theory. But you can go back and see everything Austin Theory was doing throughout Evolve, and that was all by proxy of Gabe. So yeah. it's like being able to learn from people like that, have those types of conversations, build those relationships to where they're literally texting your phone and like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? I'm checking in on you. X, Y, Z. Like, it's, man, it's all through wrestling, man. If I didn't jump into wrestling, I would have never met those types of people. You mentioned uh, making music and stuff for people. Uh, what's your music background? Uh, pretty much hip-hop, R&B, uh, pretty much that style. Um, I've always done music. Like I said, I came was raised by my grandma and grandpa, so they got me in early uh, with church music and everything. <laughs> nice. uh, and it just, it was just something that I've always done. Not necessarily, don't get me wrong, I made some money off it. I treated it, treated it as a business in certain aspects, but it was nothing that I really just wanted to just stick on because, man, mu- the music business is trash for artists. <laughs> just being honest with you. With like Spotify, you mean like with Spotify and all that stuff now? Man, not not just that, but like the whole everything, like the mu- the whole music business is designed to like break down an artist's pocket. If you think about it, if you are an artist and you're trying to trying to put out a project, you're the last person to get paid out of everything. You yourself, you have to pay for the studio time, you have to pay for the mixing, the engineering, 
You have to pay for the uploads to these platforms. You're not making any any money from these platforms. Promotion. If you're doing anything, you're paying for the promotion yourself. If you're on a tour, you're running that tour off your own dime. You're paying for your own merch to be sold. You have to pay people to sell your merch, but you're the last person on the totem pole to get paid. Wow. I, I didn't like that. Once I once I had it broken down to me and I really started educating myself on it, I personally didn't like it. And I was like, man, it's a dope skill to have because I could take everything that I learned production wise elsewhere, but it's the wrong market for me to be in. But ironically, though, learning all of that, I treat the wrestling business like the music business. The only difference is I control everything that I want to control. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. And, like, you can use the music as a more of a freelance thing, and it's not so much of a burden. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Whether, it's, whether it's music, video editing, shooting promos, um, shooting shooting cinematic-style promos, um, stuff like that, man. That, that's what I try to try to specialize in outside of the ring. Like, it's, it's 500 jobs in the wrestling business, but nine times out of ten, when somebody hear wrestling, they're thinking, oh, I need to be in the ring. Man, it's announcers, producers. The cameraman makes six figures a year, and he don't have to take one bump. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, like WWE always needs people that make music. I mean, actually, they you probably wouldn't want to do that for them because they kind of spit you up and chew you out. But you know, I mean, there's always jobs out there for people to make music and wrestling, and there's just everything out there, you know. True. What do you What do you do? Do you like you make beats? You rap? Man, a little bit of everything, man. Um. I've always been real big on kind of being a jack of all trades. Um, and that really just came down from trying to pay somebody for one for a job or a project. They botched it and gave me for my money, and I, I was unhappy with it. So I figured out how to do it on my own. Anything that I can do, I got relationships with people to where I can call somebody, say, hey, man, I need X, Y, and Z done, and they're, they're going to knock it out for me. Um, and then that's pretty much it. But for the most part, man, like I said, I try to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you do, you do really kind of have a little bit of everything. You have the music, you have the the MMA, you have the wrestling. You know, uh, how did you how did you come up with like mixing your your background with MMA with wrestling? Um. Oh, uh, so yeah, that, that's why. Because when I get in, everybody was trying to make me make me to be Mark Henry. <laughs> and I, was, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna figure out my own thing. They're like, man, there you go. You, you you resemble them and you move. You look like them when you walk. Like nah, man, it's already a Mark Henry. It's already an earthquake. It's our <laughs> it's already an Akeem the Dream. It's already there. Let me figure out what I want to do and let me let me progress from there. And then not only that, man. So I'm from the south, man. I'm from the deep south. Every other things are, things are changing now, but when I get in, every other big man worked the same. Punch, kick, body slam, look at the crowd, yell, shut up. Like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. I'm going I'm to do something that's going to make people go home and say, hey, man, did you see that fat dude jump and kick this other dude in the back of the head? Like, <laughs> that's my whole thing about it. Like, I, I, I never wanted to – I never wanted somebody to look at me and say, hey, man, dude, dude works like – the great Kali or, <laughs> or something like that, man. Yeah. But unfortunately that's how a lot that's how a lot of guys in my area that that you got some small guys in my area that try to work their way too. 
but it's had a lot of guys in my area work. And then like it's super, I don't want to say closed knit, but like being there here in the South, everything, a lot of our veterans are super, super, super old school. Everybody wants to be the Jerry Lawler. Everybody wants to be the Bill Dundee. I never wanted to be that. Those guys, while they may be graining down all right, those weren't my influences. And so from time to time, you just got to find different ways to break out. And like I said, doing what I'm doing, I feel made me stand out to the crowd a whole lot more than it would a promoter who is stuck in that old school mentality. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I agree with you on that. I like the Mark Henry comparison. That's hilarious. You're like, yeah, but can Mark Henry kick you in the face? <laughs> Man, it was crazy. At one point in time, I believe he could. Yeah, he, maybe he could. You're right. I don't know. I believe he could, but but it's like he – don't get me wrong. Mark is great, man. Mark is an influence. Yeah, absolutely. I, I personally, Legend. I personally got to talk to him. I personally got to look him in his face and say, man, thank you. Wow. Um, but um, but although he – don't get me wrong. Business-wise, he influenced a lot of stuff because you can tell Mark was a company guy. You needed him to do something. He, he was somebody that was reliable. Yeah. But – for how he worked and moved in the ring. And I might steal tidbits from time to time from him and, and crack jokes and stuff if I'm working somewhere where, I'm, where I can be a little more lighthearted in the ring. But I'm not trying to be – I'm not trying to be more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're, you're just like you're yourself, but then you're also like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I like that a lot. Hell yeah. What are uh, – what are some of the couple, like, I guess, uh, you know, you said you had a match against Rhino. What are some of the, like, the biggest, like, matches you've had in your career so far? Um, Rhino, by def- Rhino by far has been the biggest one. Um, I'm kind of in a situation now to where I'm kind of in a situation right now to where I'm floating around the title picture. So with Memphis, man, I, our Memphis head of champion is uh, this guy by the name of Brad Michaels. 20-year um, vet, muscle guy, body guy. But I get in the ring and I'm I'm running circles around them. Um, but we're in a situation where storyline wise, it's not just about me and the title. It's about me building my way to the title, getting the crowd and the fans involved where they want to see me take the title, but also finding a way to introduce other people into their main event situation. So we're building not just me, but we build we built like four or five different scenarios to where it's pretty much spider web into a situation the way you're making a group of people instead of just one person. So I, I think doing that on top of having those matches, the rhinos, the big cons, um, it's a match with me and this, me and this guy named Zay Washington. Zay is great in the ring. Um, those types, types of matches I, I have pride in, of course, matches where I'm, I'm working with somebody that I'm really close with. Um, I have a buddy in my area named, named William Blackwell. Me and him, we just get in the ring and beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> Those are the type, types of matches that I like. But being able to learn the business side of it to where I'm not just making myself, but making everybody involved with my situation, that that's a learning experience. And like I said, it just – I know I sound like a broken record saying it, but it just puts the business in a different perspective. Yeah, no, you really are. I mean, you're learning from one of the best places in the world to learn from. You know, like we said, the Memphis Territory. Plus, you're on, you know, you guys are on Fight Plus every week. The Memphis show is on there. It can be seen weekly on Fight Plus. I have Fight Plus, so I do know that. <laughs> so, hell yeah. So, you're in a good place to learn, man. So, you're learning the business really well. That's super awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's people in our there's people in our company who have legit worked for WWE. Um, it's uh, he he'll be pissed at me saying this, um, <laughs> but I don't care because I feel people need to know. Um, we have a guy guy in our locker room named Derrick King. A lot of people don't know about Derrick King, um, which is unfortunate. But Derrick had a lot to do with Kurt Angle. Derrick had a lot to do with Brian Danielson or uh, Daniel Brown, whatever you want to call him. Had a lot to do with Brock. Um, like being able to learn from people like them, people like Alan Steele, people like Dustin Starr. These are all legit people who were some of the go-to people whenever the WWE was like, hey, man, I got this person. We want to build them up. I need you to teach them everything. Yeah. These are the types of people that I'm I'm in a, in a space with and learning from on a regular wow. basis. That's incredible. The unsung heroes, really. Pretty much. Wow, that's awesome. That's cool. What uh, do you have? What kind of goals do you have for for just I guess in the next year or so in wrestling? Man, just pushing this thing as far as I can. I don't really have a goal, a big goal or a destination. Like my my goal, my biggest goal that I set for myself a while back was. I know the WWE is out of the question for me, but I was like, I want to make it to either Impact or AEW, and I made it to AEW. Um, oh, wow. I, I got up there, did what I needed to do, and then just came home and went back to work like nothing happened. <laughs> I've, I've accomplished that goal. I think I think the fact that I'm kind of freeballing it and not really saying, oh, this is my destination – this is where where I need to go. This is exactly what needs needs to happen for me. I think the fact that I'm not looking at it in that mindset, and I'm not looking at it that way, and I think that is what's stopping the rest of the business from from turning sour for me. At this man, I'm I'm basically at heart still a kid, and I'm just having fun. To be perfectly honest with you. What was your uh, AEW experience like? Man, it was dope. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to work. I didn't get to work a match on Dark or Elevation or anything like that. But we did get to work out in front of uh, match producers in the big weeks and everything like that. But uh, when I went up there, I got to meet like literally everybody. And this oh, this wow. was not too long ago either. Um, I don't know if you remember when um, Ring of Honor did the Supercar with uh, New Japan. Oh I yeah. Was there, yeah, I was there for all of that. <clears throat> which is why we didn't have time to film matches for dark or elevation or anything else. But, uh, but I was there for that. So being able to meet not just everybody that we see from AEW and people that I watched growing up my whole life, like Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, um, Claudio. Um, I also get to meet new favorites like Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb has been one of my favorite for years, one of my favorites for years. Yeah. Being able to meet him, being able to being able to meet the Lucha Brothers, um, being able to um, run into um, Brian Cage again, and he actually remembered me. Oh, being able wow, to meet, that's awesome. Being able to meet the Keith Lees and to walk over to Taz and say, hey, OG, I just came to show respect. I want to shake your hand, and he, he shake my hand because, you know, Taz got a rep for being an asshole. But being <laughs> yeah, able to he meet, does. <laughs> yeah, being able to meet those people's, people, like having conversation with Mark Henry, Christopher Daniels, um, Swerve, Shane Strickland, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, man, everybody backstage was dope. But on top of that, being able to meet a lot of the people from Japan that I wouldn't have been able to meet. Oh, because they're in town for the show. Because they was in town for the show. So wow. being able to meet them and hang out with them and talk with them, um, the ones who could speak English, 
<laughs> like it, it, it was being up there was a dope experience. Um, being backstage, you get to see how a lot of stuff works, how a lot of stuff operates. Um, really, from the ground to the from the ground to the to the to the ceiling, man, you get to see everything from how production is organized to time cues to to um, I don't want to say that because I'll expose a little bit too much. But just seeing just seeing how everything works, man, uh, is yeah. it was definitely an experience to see to see how it's done on that level. And then to kind of compare what I'm doing to say, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of visualize where you want to be and what you want for your life. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, do you have any inspirations to go to Japan? I mean, I know you're trying to like spread out statewide right now, but do you have any inspirations to go to Japan someday? Man, Japan would be dope, man, to be able to, be able to go over to Japan and, and really work really work one of their matches and one of their, their types of matches in there their styles of matches but going to japan man you got to know what you're getting into because they're, they're a different breed over there um perfect example uh to catch them man uh when i was at aew our call time for us to be there was at one o'clock i got there at 12 because i like to be there early i got there at 12 from 12 o'clock to seven o'clock, this man was doing push-ups, squats, and sit-ups. Wow! The whole time, went and got dressed, get ready for his match, came back, did another 35, 40 minutes of push-ups, sit-ups, and squats. Went outside, worked a 25-minute match, came back, worked that again, and then went, and, <laughs> then went and got dressed to go go home. Now me, I'm fat. <laughs> I'm not gonna work out for no six, seven hours straight like that. But that man, he, he just had his headphones on and he was just knocking out everything, man. Yeah, so, that, just, you know, that, that work ethic, I guess. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, they, their work ethic is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah well, he's going to be a star, too. He's doing really good to catch oh, yeah. him. He just, he just did a big storyline this past weekend on, on pay-per-view. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be a big star. I watched it when it happened. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but it, it was dope how they set that up. yeah. That was really cool. That was really awesome. Well, I hope you get out to Japan, man, and I hope uh, yeah, some kid, you know, finds your tape and sees you and gets inspired someday. I, it, it may happen, man. In the world of the internet, man, you never know. The stuff that happened for me over the last week or so on Twitter, how, uh, how that one video kind of took off the way it did. It was unexpected. So you never really know what's going to happen. It's just... Oh, you had a video happened. take off on Twitter? Yeah, man. Uh, so I posted a, I posted a video... All right, so it's a Michael J. White movie called Black Dynamite. I was watching it, and I was like, man, I need to figure out something. I was listening to how Bullhorn was talking. I was like, man, I got to do something, man. So they, that Fat Jitsu video is kind of like a black exploitation spoof, explaining what Fat Jitsu is. So <laughs> I, I posted it. I posted like I I posted. Gabe shared it. Gabe Sapolsky saw it, shared it. He got views on it, and then Lance Storm saw it and shared it. Wow. And Lance Storm said, this is great. And it just blew up. Like, I was literally on my phone watching it. It was like every five minutes. and went up. Every five minutes, it was going up at least a 1,000 views. Um, by the time Gabe saw it, it was maybe at 320 views. Lance Storm shared it. It jumped up in about an hour from 320 views to like 40,000. The next wow. day, it hit 188,000 views. That's insane. 
that's cool though because then you know you're getting your face out there you're getting your stuff out there and, and people are people are going to know your name and see you oh yeah most definitely yeah. it, it, it was definitely unexpected man that's awesome where where is that it's on your twitter yes yeah, on twitter man it's um the caption is uh where is what is fat Jitsu? so what i'm gonna do is at least for the next week or so over the next couple of day every other day i'm gonna reshare yeah, at least for the next couple of days yeah that's smart i'll def- i'll go find that and i'll reshare it too that's awesome Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, man. It's been super fun talking to you. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. Hell yeah. You want to plug your social media? Man, yeah. Um, you can catch me on Twitter and I, Twitter and Instagram. I be, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly sliding into TikTok. Um, I'm trying to find a way to merge all three of them, which I know it's a way because I've seen somebody do it. But uh, <laughs> all of it is uh, all of it is K-Tomer70, 70 or you can find me on uh, on Facebook, Big Man K Tumor. Um, also, Memphis Wrestling on YouTube, Fight TV. Um, in our area, we're on CBS, CBS and CW, and all of that jazz. Um, or, like I said, man, you just hit me up in any other kind of way, man. Like I said, social media is there, the Instagram is there, the Twitter is there. Um, like I said, the, the visuals is on the YouTubes. So, uh, yeah. Hell yeah, you can find me at Funky Sam Medina. You can find the podcast at PWM Podcast. Thanks again, man. It's been super fun. Hey, no problem, bro. Appreciate that.